Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Hello and welcome back. It is March Madness, which means this month is all about mental health. So to kick this month off, we are going to be discussing the ins and outs of intuitive and conscious eating. I just like to put it out there, but just a little side note that I will be talking about my history with eating disorders. So it might be a little triggering for some people. So you can either skip through that part. It's not in detail or anything. So I don't know. Everyone's different, but yeah, leave it up to you. This month has been actually very hard (laughs) just recording these episodes. I'm not sure why, but I am struggling with my creative flow. A little bit of a scratchy voice, but we are here being authentically me still. So I just want to let you guys know you're not alone. It happens to everyone. Did you also know that March is actually National Nutrition Month and every year has a theme and this year's theme is Fuel for the Future, which is all about planning meals and snacks So what better way to start off with intuitive conscious eating? I will be talking about my story with eating disorders and how I basically went from that to now eating intuitively and consciously. And I mean, it's normal eating. I don't know why it has like a specific label, but I want to share this to make it more accessible for all of you guys. So Ayurveda states that 90% of how we digest our food is how we eat rather than in what we are eating. So just keep that in mind when we are moving along. Now let's talk about intuitive eating and what it is. So intuitive eating is not a diet or meal plan. There's no strict rules or regulations around food. You can think of it as like a guide. Intuitive eating is not weight loss, so it is about teaching individuals how to let go of the diet culture mentality and regain their intuition around food. So while also providing nutritional education on the side, people learn how to honor their cravings, hunger cues, while also having a baseline knowledge of what's beneficial to their bodies and have a happy and healthy life. I'm going to teach you guys step-by-step a guideline to start intuitive eating today. And in the end, eating healthy isn't about micromanaging your diet, but about being intuitive with it and what will make you feel good while also changing your perspective around healthy eating and lifestyle. I didn't always have a good relationship with food. And like I stated in the beginning, some days are better than others still. It will always be a continuous healing journey. And I am aware of that. I know this. I started with an eating disorder called anorexia in middle school and it progressed into high school. But I switched to bulimia because I played soccer and I knew that my body needed more stamina and fuel, which is food. So overcoming bulimia was honestly the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I remember trying to keep food down and my stomach hurt so bad. I remember like watching people eat their food in restaurants and asking myself like why I wasn't able to just accept my body and eat food like how they were. Why I just could not put food in my mouth and like be totally fine feeling my body. I did some modeling in college and contrary from popular belief, this is actually what shifted my perspective on my body image. 
I experimented with every type of modeling, boudoir, lifestyle, portrait, body painting, implied nude, etc. And boudoir was my favorite because it allowed me to see myself from a different lens. I think modeling is so special. It's all about the connection you have with the photographer and the art that is created is just amazingly beautiful. I started to plan my own shoot ideas and create my visions into a reality and it's just so fun. I have like been fascinated with photography when I was little. I took photography in high school on a film camera which was so fun. I got to learn how to develop my own film. My dad passed down his film camera to me. It was just amazing. I just love photography. I think it's so amazing that like what we see in our eye can be captured visually into this amazing picture. So it just brought everything full circle for me once I started modeling and my passion with photography really. I remember looking at pictures and being so shocked that it was me in that photo, like so shocked that I never saw myself that way thinking like, wow, my body is beautiful. And just seeing like how everyone captures me differently. It's just truly like the most beautiful art. It was so healing for me. So if you are thinking of booking a boudoir session, it doesn't even matter. Just go take your camera and go take pictures of you outside. I promise. But I think what really hit home to me is that booking a session with somebody else, you see yourself differently by every photographer, every person that shoots you. See different sides of you every time. And I think that is the most beautiful thing. And I encourage anyone to go and do that. I also attended a Tantra retreat. And we were doing this body exercise where we were all in small groups of three or four. This exercise was meant to connect our minds to our bodies. And I remember listening to everyone else go before me and around me because we're all in this room, we're all sitting together, and you can hear other people. I'm hearing all these negative phrases like, I hate my body, my boobs are so small, etc. But as I sat there thinking about what I was going to say, I almost broke down when I stood up for my turn because for once, I had nothing but positive things to say about my body. I thanked my mind for allowing my body to surrender, for sending positive messages instead of negative ones, for the acceptance it has shown my body through all these years. I thanked my body for being my body, for every curve, stretch mark, and hair, for carrying me through all my emotions and lifetimes. For not focusing on the scale or the size number in clothing, but just choosing clothes that feel comfortable on me. Choose the bigger size. This is my biggest takeaway. Just choose the bigger size. Your body will thank you. This is actually an exercise that I'm going to do on my own retreats one day as well because it was so impactful for me and I love to help others in this way as well. But yeah, I don't think that size should determine if you get the jeans or not. I actually love buying extra large clothing. If anyone knows me, I have like loose fitting clothes. I have extra large 3X large t-shirts because I tried them on and I felt amazing in them. And that's all that matters. And so I got it. So the number one tip I have for you is that if you want to feel more in control around food, you want to feel normal around food, which I think is the goal for a lot of people, you need to be eating enough food. This means that 1200 calorie diets are just not it. There are both biological and physiological reasons why not eating enough food makes you feel out of control around it. And you also think about it constantly. 
So if you're not getting enough food, then your body sends out neurotransmitters to your brain to think about it more often, which is kind of annoying because there's so many things that we have to think about in a day. And the number one survival of safety in your body and food should not be one of them. Food is a basic need, just like water, just like sleep, just like going to the bathroom. And if you aren't meeting that basic need, then of course your body is going to be trying to get your body's attention. Number two would be not eating enough impacts your hormones. And this drives me insane for women who have PCOS. And the first thing doctors do is place them on a Mediterranean diet or a keto diet where your body is literally starving of the nutrients it needs. This only depletes and damages your hormones more. So when you restrict your food in any way, you are putting yourself in a very vulnerable place to binge eat. This is a protective mechanism, a survival mechanism that the body has because if you're restricting, it feels threatened and it's not sure when it's going to get food again. So when it has the chance to eat food, it's going to eat all of it. So once you are adequately fed and eating enough, you can start to tune into your hunger and fullness in a bit more detail. You can do this in one of two ways. Option number one, is to rate your hunger and fullness on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being ravenously hungry and 10 being you are so stuffed you can't move. The goal here is to aim to nourish your body when you're at about a 3 or a 4 on the hunger side of things. You're starting to notice some gentle signs of hunger rolling in. Maybe you get a headache. Maybe your stomach is hurting. You're not waiting until you're hangry to eat because then that puts you in the vulnerable place to experience loss of control eating and shoot all the way on the opposite end of the spectrum into that 9 or 10 zone, which is binge eating. You also want to aim to stop eating around a 7. You won't be perfect every time, and that's totally okay. Overeating is a normal part of human experience and will happen from time to time. Option number two is deciding if you are snack hungry or meal hungry. So understanding like how big is my hunger right now? This will help you understand how much food you're going to need or at least estimate how much food you're going to need to satisfy your current hunger. So a huge part of normal eating is honoring your body when it's telling you it needs food and learning to stop naturally when it feels physically and mentally good for you. This might be really hard in the beginning if you've been dieting or struggling with distorted eating, but I promise it gets easier and it is so worth it. The three food narratives that you need to ditch today is number one, eating as little as possible is healthier. This only leads you to be in a more vulnerable place, as I said before, because you're going to fall back into old habits of binge eating or experiencing a loss of control while eating. Number two is there are good foods and there are bad foods. And if I eat the bad foods, then I should feel guilty about it. Have you ever noticed that the foods you feel most control around, the foods that you binge on, the foods that you probably consider bad or unhealthy, puts them on a pedestal? There's no such thing as bad food. And this is the number one thing that most parents do wrong when introducing food. Every food should be on the same wavelength because if candy was on the table when we ate dinner every night, then it wouldn't be such a high prize reward to have. They wouldn't be exciting to all of us. Whereas if candy is always around, then we would have unconditional access to them. So they wouldn't be special. They would just be there. They would feel normal. We probably wouldn't want them as much. And number three is 
I'm binging because I don't have enough willpower. This is not factually true because if I were to guess, you probably have a lot of willpower in other areas of your life. Maybe you're a high performer at work. Maybe you like to keep a very organized and clean household. Your relationship with food has nothing to do with willpower and has everything to do with whether our biological basic needs are met or not. If you are not meeting your needs by constantly dieting and restricting food, your body is going to make up for it eventually by eating enough by binging. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. You might just need a little bit of guidance and support. So here's a prime example of what I eat when I'm in the mood for like, let's say chocolate. I just chose this example just because it was in top of my head. So I eat it. I do not deplete my body. I know that eating this meal probably isn't the most nutrient feeling. So I add to the meal because I have PCOS. I always try and think high protein. So I usually pair my chocolate with some cashew butter for protein and then add it to an apple and put some homemade granola on top that is filled with chia seeds and pumpkin seeds. That way, this now craving of chocolate has turned into this nutrient-fueled snack. Two of my conscious eating habits, like my favorite conscious eating habits, are not using phone or technology like watching TV while I'm eating. And I ask that like if I'm eating with someone that they respect this as well. I also enjoy eating until I am 75% full, which is on that scale of the 1 to 10. You're making sure that you stop eating at 7. I've noticed a huge difference when eating this way, whereas if I were to eat while someone is on their phone or I'm on my phone, I just honestly feel disgusting and gross Like after eating. I don't feel like I was consciously there or like in the moment with my food. And it's just a completely different feeling. So I really encourage you to try it out because it is completely different. To notice when I'm full, I look for a small burp. Everyone has this. This is when your food has touched the bottom of your stomach, and that is when you cannot take in any more food. This is an easy rule to know when you are 75% full, and this is so important because your food needs to be able to move around and digest, and if you're too full, like if you keep eating after that burp, or maybe you aren't consciously eating so you're not aware that you burp, then there's no room and then you add water and soda and whatever else into the mix and then you're just like stuffed for hours on end because your food does not have room to digest. So it is not the things you are eating. It is not that you're eating too many carbs or junk food or whatever. It's most likely the way you are eating these things and the time that you are eating them. So remember that you aren't alone and I'm always here available for support in my DMs on Instagram You can book a free Ayurveda consultation and I would love to meet with you over Zoom or in person. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, The best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.